Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. We have a great guest because it pertains to chocolate. And even better, he's from Consumer Reports, which is really the standard of quality in the field. We, of course, as usual, are sponsored by both the greatagereboot.com, where you can get that Reboot Your Age app that goes through all the things you can do to prepare to be younger and for the reboot, and by Life's First Naturals, lifesfirstnaturals.com, the producers of both True Biotics and bovine colostrum, you can go to their website, lifesfirstnaturals.com, and see all the data, the randomized controlled trials that show where they're a benefit and where they aren't, lifesfirstnaturals.com. Our guest is Kevin Loria. He's a senior health reporter for Consumer Reports, and this is about heavy metals in one of probably your favorite foods, certainly one of my foods that I love. Um, And not only that, but I get it from a company, at least I have gotten it from two companies, one of which is on the very good list and one of which is probably on the very bad list. Life's First Naturals would say to me, what the hell are you doing getting it from the bad list? And because we will speak to Kevin, we're gonna find out because they did an investigation into lead and cadmium in our dark chocolate. Kevin, how did, or why did Consumer Reports decide to look on at, at um, if you will, chocolate and heavy metals in chocolate? Yes, hi, Dr. Roizen, thank you for having me. So our researchers are, you know, in general, they're interested in finding out ways that heavy metals enter our diet and our environments around us. Um, and they were aware that heavy metals have previously been found in dark chocolate that researchers have looked at various times and seen uh, lead and cadmium in dark chocolate. They know that it's an issue that chocolate manufacturers are grappling with. Um, right now in Europe, for example, there are stricter regulations on cadmium in chocolate that are being put into place. So it's definitely a topic of interest right now. And they just wanted to see, you know, with all of that in mind, what the dark chocolate market looked like right now, how common these issues were, how serious these issues were at this point in time. So they looked at 28 dark chocolate bars from a mix of brands, and virtually every one of them had lead and cadmium in it. And the story of how they had lead in them is to me very interesting. And let's get to that in a second. But before we do, Kevin, um, have you changed your eating habits because of this? You know, that's a great question because I think I've spoken to a lot of people that are scared off chocolate after reading this. My chocolate consumption in the first place was fairly limited. I would say that I generally treat chocolate as a treat. I enjoy dark chocolate, but I don't eat a ton of it. I might have a serving an ounce or so, you know, every so often, but certainly not on a daily basis or anything like that. So for me, I'm I'm not too concerned personally, but I will say that, you know, at this point in time, if I'm gonna buy a dark chocolate bar, 
I'm going to seek out one of the ones that we tested that happen to have lower levels of heavy metals because, and, you know, why and, not take and, that step? And we'll get to those at the end, um, as well as the ones that have more. Um, but let's talk about the story. So we know from Consumer Reports and I guess from the Oz Show before that, that in fact, uh, rice and apples had a fair bit of arsenic in it and it came from the ground and it came from uh, the soil being used for, I guess it was used for um, uh, cotton before that and arsenic kill was used as the, as the herbicide pesticide that got rid of the bull weevil. Um, how did we get, how do we get cadmium in the chocolate? Yeah, so this is a really interesting topic because in reporting out this story, I, I spoke with a researcher who was part of a team that spent several years investigating this recently. Because basically the story is that lead and cadmium get into chocolate in different ways. And cadmium gets into chocolate in a way that's similar to how metals get into a lot of crops. So the cacao trees, uh, the plants from which the uh, cacao seeds, the, the, the cocoa, like, cacao becomes roasted, the roasted cacao beans become cocoa beans. Um, these trees, you know, take up cadmium from the soil. So especially in regions of the world where there are higher levels of cadmium in the soil, uh, these trees take up more and more cadmium and this accumulates in the beans. So from the minute these are harvested from the trees, the cadmium is already in the cacao beans. Now, was cadmium used for some reason or is it just a natural substance in the soil? I, I think that both are the answer that I've heard. It, you know, in certain places you are going to find more cadmium than other places. That said, you know, some of that past history is tied to industrial uh, activity of various kinds, and so I don't have all the in-depth information, but that there is, you know, some industrial history that can account for some of that. And what to me was the most interesting was how lead got in it. So. Tell us that story. Yeah, absolutely. So what was really fascinating is that, you know, when those cacao seeds, those cacao beans are first harvested from the pods on the trees, it turns out they don't already have uh, lead in them, or at least not much lead. It doesn't seem like the lead is really coming up from the soil, you know, but what happens is the cacao beans are harvested from these pods on the trees and they're kind of this covered in this wet, sticky substance, and they're fermented covered for several days, and then they are left to dry, generally uncovered in the sun for several days after that. And it's during that time, uh, the researchers that I spoke with say that lead in, that's kind of lead-filled dust and dirt basically kind of has, you know, blown over and or accumulated on these seeds. So this is lead that's from past use of uh, leaded gasoline or industrial use, and it's just contaminated, you know, some of these places and where these pods are being dried, where these uh, cocoa beans are being dried. And so the lead kind of sticks to the outside of these beans before they're sent to the factory and roasted during that drying process. And part of, e even if you think, well, why don't they just wash the darn beans before they dry them, is it comes from the, 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 the blowover, if you will, the soil blow over while they're being dried um, and that's where they accumulate a lot of the lead apparently. 
Yes, exactly, exactly. And, you know, they do, you know, after they're set, you know, after they're dried and set to the factory, you know, they're typically sorted and processed and cleaned at that point in time. But removing all of that tiny little lead-filled dust that's kind of, you know, dried into these these beans at the time uh, proves to be hard. Although it does also point to the fact that if they can kind of figure out how to dry these beans in different ways, that should be able to make a pretty quick impact on lead levels in chocolate. We're talking with... Kevin Loria, the senior health reporter for Consumer Reports. Consumer Reports is obviously um, the organization that was founded in 1936 uh, to create a fair and just marketplace for, for everyone. It obviously has rigorous research, and at least I depend on it for a lot of excellent information. So, Kevin, thank you for bringing this information to us. Now, um, when you tested the 28 um, bars, um, did, you, did you expect to find a variation? What happened with, why did, it, maybe bars bought in Europe because they've got some more rigorous standards are going to be better than bars bought in the United States. Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to look at. The bars that we looked at, I believe, were all purchased in the U.S. Um, and we did expect to see some variation, perhaps. You know, there is research out there that indicates that the more, um, the higher the percentage of cacao or cocoa that's making up a dark chocolate bar, um, the cadmium levels statistically tend to increase with a higher percentage of cacao or cocoa. Um, the same relationship is not as clear with lead. And so, uh, you know, I believe we saw that to a certain degree, you know, it's not that every bar with more cacao had more cadmium, but that general trend exists. And so that was one that uh, our researchers were looking for. Now, a couple, uh, so I eat um, both Hershey's dark chocolate, their dark chocolate kisses, which don't look like a very good choice based on cadmium and lead and Giardelli Dark, which looks like a pretty darn good choice. Um, so fill us in, um, which are the uh, five worst choices? So, you know, the, what our researchers did is that they picked cutoff points for the levels of lead and cadmium that kind of would be, uh, you know, they, they, they picked levels that were based on levels used in California to assess a certain level of risk. And these are, you know, not necessarily, uh, there's, there's no universal standard for chocolate, but we just thought that these were kind of the most cautious levels that we could be using to look at this. And so, you know, I will say that, you know, our, our data is based on these cautious levels. Based on that finding, there were five bars that exceeded the limits that we selected for both lead and cadmium. Um, and these were, uh, bars. There was one made by Trader Joe's that's in Dark Chocolate Lover's Chocolate 85% Cacao Bar, um, a Theo Organic Pure Dark Chocolate 70% Cocoa Bar, another Theo Organic Extra Dark Pure Dark Chocolate 85% Cocoa Bar, Lily's Extremely Dark Chocolate 85% Cocoa Bar, and Green and Black's Organic Dark Chocolate 70% Cacao Bar. So... That's just that that list there. And, you know, we I know that manufacturers that we reached out to have said that this is a problem that they're interested in solving um, and that, you know, the there are plans in the works to try to lower these levels. But, you know, when we looked, those were the bars 
from our tests that had the higher levels. So, so one of the things we should say is that one of the real benefits from consumer reports research is that companies can respond and often do to what's published and change both the procurement or manufacturing or packaging process. And so consumer report really does make things better for all of us. Um, so thank you, Kevin, for that. And, and half an ounce seems okay, if you will, every day, which is kind of what I average, I think. Um, and the uh, five best, so I do have uh, the Giardelli, but go ahead and tell us the other four best or even the all five best. Yeah, so we had two Giardelli bars on our, our best choices. Um, one, they're both intense dark chocolate, one 86% cacao, another 72% cacao. There was a uh, Valrona uh, dark chocolate, 85% cacao bar, a Taza organic, deliciously dark chocolate, 70% cacao, and the Mast organic dark chocolate, 80% cocoa bar. And so in addition to choosing those and maybe limiting the uh, dark chocolate, what's the difference between dark chocolate and milk chocolate? Sure, so chocolate is made from, uh, so. The cocoa solids and cocoa butter that go into dark that go into any chocolate both come from the cacao beans, and it's the cocoa solids which are the part of the roasted beans that are left over after you crush out the butter. That's where the kind of the thing that you know makes it gives it the antioxidants that you find in dark chocolate and a lot of that kind of dark chocolate flavor. Um, you know, that's uh, also unfortunately where the heavy metals are located. Um, you know, in something like milk chocolate, you'll also have milk solids, uh, more sugar than you'll have in dark chocolate. It has a lower percentage of cocoa, uh, maybe some other fats and flavorings that you'll find in some of those products. Now, one of the most disturbing, I would say, parts of this for someone who ate a lot of brownies as a kid um, is that cocoa powder, because it's made from cocoa solids, may also have this same problem. Yeah, so when we were thinking of kind of ways that we could tell people, here's how you can try to eat chocolate in the safest way, you know, some of those things are just simply moderation. You know, if you're eating, you know, less than a serving of this a day, especially of the, the better choices, you're probably not going to exceed these health limits for lead and cadmium, um, unless you're getting a lot of lead and cadmium in other places. Um, but you know, it is, you have to take into account all of the chocolate you consume, all of the cocoa you consume. And it is true that things like baking mixes might have a lot of cocoa powder, that hot cocoa mix, um, certain recipes that people might use might have cocoa powder. And so it is kind of unfortunately true that you have to take all these things into account together. It's actually pretty interesting because we don't measure lead and cadmium levels routinely on uh, people that don't have exposure to lead paint, if you will, or don't have red tattoos. Red tattoos also are cadmium. In any case, this is this story in Consumer Reports um, was eye-opening for me. Now, where can one uh, subscribe or, or how does one support Consumer Reports? Yeah, so anybody can become a Consumer Reports member um, just by, uh, you know, 
you know, going to uh, cr.org is probably the easiest, quickest website that'll take you there. I, and, I should uh, interrupt you right now and say, we have been members of Consumer Report and have gotten the, I still have them from 1973. So I have been a member, I think probably, uh, I can't remember um, how long, but I, I think Consumer Reports was founded in, uh, before I was born, so I can't I can't take credit for being an original, but I have I still have saved some of the original Consumer Reports on record players, you know, things that are no longer sold, if you will, but guided my purchase in those days. So it's really been a long-standing and very reputable um, place. So go ahead, Consumer Report, CR.com, you were saying. Yeah, CR.org uh, or ConsumerReports.org um, will both take you to there. And that's where, you know, you can become a member and, you know, subscribe and uh, a variety of different levels, you know, whether you want to get the magazine sent to you, kind of get access to all of that testing data, you know, for certain things, uh, you know, for this, this chocolate story, this is not one that we, this is one that we want everybody to be able to read, um, whether they're a member or not, because it's kind of about this, you know, food safety and health safety issue. So, you know, that's something you can read no matter what, even, you know, if you're a, a free, a free member, just kind of visiting the website. Um, yeah, but that's the, the quick way to get there. Right. And I should say, um, we still get the uh, magazine. Now, I don't know, do they publish, and they used to publish an annual compendium that I saved for a number of years. Um, my wife may be absconding with that. Do you still publish that annual summary? I think that there are, so there, there are a couple of different other kind of special publications that come out, um, you know, annual, uh, you know, kind of compendiums for certain types of products various uh, health newsletters and a couple other different special issues that come out. And so I just usually uh, just try to find whatever story looks like it'll be interesting to write for whichever one. So, Kevin, thank you very much for illuminating us and for doing such a good job at, at making it understandable so that even I could understand uh, the difference between cadmium, which comes from the soil, and lead, which comes from the breezes that blow the uh, soil and the, uh, I guess it, it acquires it after being captured, if you will, and while in the drying process. So thank you very much for, for doing that. Now, uh, last question is, if you were a dark chocolateaholic, what would you do? Would you measure the levels periodically for yourself? Would you just go with the, the better bars or would you say, heck, I should cut down on my chocolateaholism or I should uh, go to partially milk chocolate as well? I think that in most cases, so some of the, the, the most serious chocolate fanatics that I've spoken with about this, in, including people that have that contributed to this, to this work in various aspects of testing or reviewing the project, um, you know, switching bars in certain cases is something that some of them have said that they've done. In other cases, it is kind of, you know, just trying to make sure that they treat chocolate as that treat and just, you know, limiting themselves to not more than a serving or so a few times a week when possible. And, you know, maybe alternating some milk chocolate in there from time to time, uh, you know, just to, to satisfy those cravings. Kevin, Lori, you've done a great job and thank you for making CR.org 
and Consumer Reports such a wonderful and understandable item that, as I said, we subscribe to forever. So thank you. Caitlin, thank you for engineering. As usual, we are brought to you by lifesfirstnaturals.com and greatagereboot.com. The flavanols in chocolate are also, or at least they're close relatives in things like apples and garlic. Um, and I think uh, CR, if you will, uh, CR.org um, says they're also in sweet potatoes, spinach, and carrots, as well as uh, a whole bunch of other foods. And uh, if you will, flavanols should be beneficial to us. Remember to keep your dark chocolate, as I am doing, uh, to about a half ounce a day. Um, and if I can say one more thing, although I have no financial relationship with them at all, CR.org deserves your support. It has been a stalwart at bringing us great information. Uh, as I said, at least since 1973, when I think I first subscribed. Thanks very much, Kevin. And, uh, and, and thank you for downloading us. You're the reason we do this. This is 1136B. The Bs are always guests, great guesses, like Kevin. And Caitlin is our engineer. You can ask us to get other guests and tell us the guest you want or the subject you want at greatagereboot.com. Thanks again.